It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. So now it's time to turn it up. Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in your area like landscape. Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in. And recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis. When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him. He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him. And from that point then we hear a name change. Rearrange the game so now we got to change. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 380. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show live in living color. Getting funky like a monkey, if you will, baby. This is Chris Featherstone, as always. Uh, we've got a later night start today. Um, but we're going to have some fun, just like always. We're going to have a ton of fun, just like we always do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot of uh, stuff to talk about today. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today, some fun, fun stuff uh, to talk about on the show on episode 380. 380 uh, episodes of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? What an amazing um, feat. What an amazing uh, um, uh, opportunity to continue to this fun and exciting show um, and continuing to uh, have a lot of fun on the show. So, 
as we get everybody in, as we get everything loaded up, looks like there are some um, some things going on um, that I'm trying to do and uh, trying to get some stuff uh, together before we get this uh, live live. Uh, let's see here. We are live, ladies and gentlemen, and we have uh, my guy coming back again, and uh, ready to have some a uh, lot of fun. So, um, got some extreme rules going on. Uh, we got some uh, some awesome predictions. We got some predictions, and the flavor of the week is uh, we're going to do a tournament again. We're going to find out the the biggest. Um, the greatest one-time um, champions. So that that's what we're going to talk about tonight, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So I'm ready. Uh, looks like let's make sure that we are getting everything set up to get online. There we go. All right, we are getting set. And we are live. All right. There we go. We are live, ladies and gentlemen, with the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Let's have some fun. And let me bring in my guy. Once again, he is coming back. He was here a few few weeks ago, and I was so excited. To, uh, and I really enjoyed him being on the show. Um, really, really enjoyed him being on the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in my buddy. Ring of Honor, six-man tag team champion, PCO. How are you tonight, sir? I am great. What about you? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's great to have you on the show again tonight. Awesome. Awesome. We're gonna awesome. Have How you f- yes, absolutely. How are you feeling? It's uh, it's late. Uh, I think we're both uh, Eastern time, right? Yeah, it's quite late. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I can't stay up for your show anytime. Man, listen, I uh, really, really appreciate that. That makes me feel special. Um, that's, uh, you know, it's 11.35 uh, Eastern time and 11.36. And you decide yeah. after a, a long day, uh, just got finished doing some best in the world in Baltimore and also uh, Ring of Honor tapings, you decided to uh, join us for the show tonight. So I'm really excited about that, man. Other than that, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm like totally like very, very good, like top shape, uh, very, very uh, um, motivated, you know, for uh, weeks uh, coming ahead, you know, uh, Lowell, Massachusetts and uh, yeah. New York coming uh, pretty soon around the corner. So, uh, yeah, I'm pumped. Totally nice, in great nice. shape. Nice. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you are getting such I a, mean, we talked about this when you're in the show before, uh, you're getting such an amazing, um, re- ovation and reaction from the fans nowadays. Uh, I watch best in the world and, um, you know, it was a six man match with, uh, you, um, Marty and Brody against, uh, the lifeblood. And uh, yeah. six people there, six people in the ring, 
and Baltimore was chanting PCL. I mean, that that's how over you are <laughs> with, with the fans. Uh, and Marty Scroll is very over. You know, he's uh, one of the top stars in ROH. But still, you know, people love their PCO, man. So, uh, Michael is saying, does he realize how much people enjoy him? I think that's a really, really good question <laughs> because uh, because people really enjoy, I don't know, it's, like, it's us savage wrestling fans enjoying a 51-year-old man breaking his body for us every week. So, we say thank you for that. Yeah, I really, it's hard for me to pinpoint, you know, uh, what is it for each and every one? What they really dig about uh, PCO? Uh, because you know, there's so many generations of people that are fans. Like I've seen uh, probably eight year old, nine year old, ten year old like kids wearing my my uh, my T-shirt, you know, in uh, Philly yeah. and Baltimore, and uh, and then you know sometimes they're twenty years old, thirty years old, forty years old, fifty years old. I think. I think every group of age has got a reason why uh, why it's connecting with the monster. Um, but it's hard for me to put, pinpoint like specifically something, but uh, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty overwhelming, and uh, it's it's really really cool. And yeah. Uh, yeah, every every arena, every show, it's always a big, super huge chance, you know, PCO. And uh, I really do appreciate, you know, and uh, I'm trying to give back, you know, as much as I can to uh, to the public, to the crowd, to the to the fans, to to everyone. And I'm trying to really, you know, uh, give them like uh, what they expect and. Uh, and even more, so I'm, I'm really working hard to, uh, you know, so it matches the, it matches the, the, the noise and the loud and the, the crowd being so loud for PCO. So that, uh, I'm trying to go, you know, make it work both ways. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, we got uh, a lot of we got some uh, good people in the chat room right now. The hashtag is Ask PCO. So if you have any questions, uh, go ahead and use the hashtag AskPCO. Uh, I got a few before I get into these questions. I did, I did do see uh, some questions here. Um, there's a few things that I was uh, wondering, because I've, I've followed your career since um, 92 or 3. Uh, yeah, 93. Uh, yeah, 93. When, uh, so y'all won the tag titles in 93, right? Yeah, all three times, yeah, that year. Yeah, three times. Yeah. Um yeah. so what uh, there's there's a few things that I was wondering about your career. So uh so you so you were brought in a team with uh Jacques Rougeau. He he was doing the Mountie gimmick and then you guys became the Quebecers. Um Yeah, now who we were supposed to to become the the Mounties together but because of lawsuits from the uh, RCMP in Canada, so we had to change the name. So yeah, yeah, yeah. To, and you became the Quebecers. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, you're supposed to be the Mounties. Very interesting stuff. You're supposed to be the Mounties, but you became the Quebecers. Now, who uh, who brought you in? Who who was the person who recruited you or gave you the well, call? 
actually had been working for uh, eight years. I had been in the Maritimes and uh, over in Europe for all the vans in Germany, England for uh, Brian Dixon All Star Racing and South Africa. And I was pretty busy, and then uh, eventually I just booked myself in Puerto Rico for uh, Carlos Colon. Uh, and, uh, well, uh, yeah, I'd been there for like six months in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And Jacques was coming in as in, because he had uh, taken a year off from the WWE uh, because uh, he just had a new uh, new boy, you know, a second child, and uh, he wanted to be at home more often. So uh, he was taking indie dates here and there, uh, only the good ones he was taking. And mm-hmm. he came in Puerto Rico for a weekend and. Uh, yeah, I remember when he hopped in in the van uh, on the way to the show, he was introducing himself in Spanish and English to pretty much all the Puerto Rican boys and the American guys. And then uh, I just uh, said hi in French. And and he was so amazed or surprised that uh, I was coming from the same town <laughs> and oh, never God. heard of me before. And uh, we, we kind of... Uh, hang out, you know, we went to do some jet skiing and uh, went to the beach on the days off or during the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And he was watching my matches all the time. And, uh, you know, Jacques always been, like, mostly a tag team guy. I mean, he, he had, like, a single run, but he was mostly, like, he really, uh, he was really into, like, tag teams. So, uh, uh, so watching me a few matches, he said, I uh, well, you know, uh, I'm gonna have like uh, Vince to have a look to look at you, and uh, so uh, he brought me in for a couple of matches and like uh, dark matches, and um, uh, I did I did well, I guess. So like uh, three months after those tryouts, those two matches, uh, back-to-back matches, uh, we uh, they put us together as the Quebecers. So uh, it's all it's all uh, startup, you know. It was from mainly uh, meeting with Jock, and uh, I mean it was like uh, you know he, he needed the tag partner, and uh, for me it was a good. I don't know. I want to. I've been wanting to nice. step into WWE or WWF, and uh, it was a opportunity for me. So I uh, I went along with it, and I was happy. Yeah, and uh, we saw with the Quebecers uh, that it was uh, an opportunity, a, a, a good opportunity. Uh, y'all became three-time tag titles. Um, you talked about this on the show before, but I wanted to get a little bit more into it. We, we're getting the questions racking up here, um, so we're going to ask them. Um, I, I'm curious, the and you've talked about this in other interviews, but the clicks influence on your career while you were – uh, and doing your singles push, I know that you were feuding with uh, with Diesel, um, and uh, um, you know you were uh, you know even having main event you know pushes, uh, main event opportunities. Um, what was it? Was there a specific time uh, that um, the click just derailed something that was planned uh, for your for your WWE career? 
Uh, yeah, that's a long story. Uh, uh, it was, uh, I think, uh, I had a little like uh, one time when I when I started as a, a Jean-Pierre Lafitte, uh, my single career in, in WWE, 95, um, I just, uh, I, I had just done the uh, Jacques Rougeau retire, retirement match in Montreal Forum. It was like a sold out, 18,500 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were main event on that card and the whole roster was there from Undertaker, Joe Yokozuna, the Razor Ramon, the uh, Shawn Michaels and Jeff Jarrett and uh, the whole roster was on the card. It was like 11 or 12 matches. And to go there and to top it off and to uh, really seal the show that night and, uh, you know, so um, that kind of launched my... Um, I kind of launched my uh, solo career after that, and then uh, had a few discussions with Vince, and he said, "You know, we're gonna we're gonna make a lot of retention. We're not gonna we're not gonna have you wrestle in Montreal for like two and a half, three years, and we want the people to want you, to want you, to want you, and eventually we'll we'll give you the them, you know. But we're we're gonna wait and." Uh, all that, and so, so I was pretty pumped after that meeting, and uh, there was a lot of things that they were, uh, uh, they just hired at that time, that's a point, from uh, WCW with uh, Paul, uh, Paul Levesque, and he had like the long black boots, and then I remember during that meeting also uh, telling Vince, like, you know, that's, part of my gimmick and he's got like the boots. I said, no, we're, we're going to take the boots away from him and we're going to give it to you. And it was all positive. It was all good. And then, uh, and so I had to wrestle Shawn Michaels. Vince called me one time uh, at home and uh, I was surprised that it was actually him calling myself, you know, like, oh, uh, how are you, Baba Vince? You know, uh, R.I.S. Garden Jordan and, uh, uh, that's my semi main event. I'd like you to uh, replace him, and so I was already put on the. Even before I started the champion, I was already put on the uh, on the card, and um, and then uh, I was wrestling Sean, and uh, just coming off that that big match with Jock and everything, and then uh, well, they asked me and all the to do the job for Sean and I don't know like I I, I was still in, in uh, talking to Jacques and he's like no man you can't lose you know it's just off against me and blah 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 so uh, I kind of swing the idea by, by Sean that uh, you know uh, maybe it wasn't good if I was losing in Montreal and he got really mad and pissed off he just said I just won the Royal Rumble you know 30 guys just put me over you don't want, you don't want to do the job for me and, so I changed my mind and I went along with it. So, uh, you know, it was just a little argument, a little bit. I said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, we'll just do it, you know. Some fudge, you know, just going to do it. So uh, so I went along and had a great match and everybody was happy. And then I started my Lafitte uh, run. was I went undefeated for like eight months straight. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually out of the blue... Uh, Kevin Nash came up to me on a TV taping and he says, uh, 
Well, Montreal in November, it's me and you. It's going to be big boot jack knife, one, two, three. And that really psyched me up. Like, that was really mad at that because uh, never we would know the finish, uh, you know, a couple of months ahead of time or, or things like that. And uh, it was like uh, it never happened to me. Never heard of anything like that. And it was said with a little bit of arrogance. And, uh, wow. and then, you know, what you do. And that's being unexperimented, you know. I was young in the business, you know. I started with WWF. I was 25. At that time, I was 27. Wow. Uh, didn't have much experience. I uh, got worked up pretty easy by all the boys and things like that. And uh, so... Uh, I just I just got really frustrated, and it was already a lot of clicks and a lot of animosity between you know a uh, certain group of of guys and and the click. And uh, well, it's just that's one thing that I kind of regret because uh, uh, I fell in the trap like uh, like a kid and uh, uh-huh. really. <laughs> I mean, for for what it's worth, you know, for not wanting to lose or or being mad at something like that, something that people don't even remember at four or five months after, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. it was a, that's how it uh, that's how it went went along, yeah. you know. But you you have to take in consideration that the click was pretty hard to deal with, you know. The uh, they were they were tough on a lot of guys, you know, like uh, Shane Douglas and uh, uh, you know even like uh, the, the Harris brothers. Uh, they, Ron and Don. They, they got into a fight with Sean, uh, you know, and uh, knowing like Kevin Nash, like I know him today, you know, sometimes I feel like, well, I don't know why I didn't get along with this guy because. <laughs> Now I get along like super good with him, and it makes me laugh all the time. And I kind of know his uh, sense of humor and the way, the way he uses his arrogance to to be funny. But uh, back yeah, then, I don't point. know. It's just something where I really disliked those guys, and they they, they were like I thought they were uh, they were uh, big heads, and they were prima donna, and they were like thinking that they were thinking that they were uh, bigger than the business itself, and. And that they were running, uh, you know, Vince by their power because you know between the three or four of them they had all the belts and uh, so that's that's how I felt and that's what I was mostly opposed against. It was more by I was opposed against their power more than I was maybe looking out for you know what was best yeah. for me or not. Uh, that's that's yeah. that's how I mean that's how it came. Uh, to a big, uh, big thing. Now, now you, now you said that you're you've passed up your relationship with Kevin Nash. Have you had a chance to talk to Sean or uh, Hunter? You know, you know, over the past twenty yeah. years or so. Well, I never had any beef with Hunter. Actually, uh, we we were roommates for like we traveled together for for uh, a few tours, like uh, a few loops. Uh, we we were share a car together and we were on the road nice. together and we're always got along good with with Hunter, with Paul. Never had like if maybe if he was like if he disliked me or something it was uh, 
because what happened with my my beef was mostly with Kevin and Sean, especially Sean and Kevin. I got always got along cool with, uh, and I wrestled him on a run too, like Diesel uh, Razor. But mm-hmm. I always got along okay with Scott, with the kid, uh, and with uh, with Paul. Like yeah, so. But I never like really wrestled Paul, but you know we we were both undefeated, and I remember we were making jokes about who was gonna lose their winning streak first and things like that. So never had beef with with, with Paul. Like it was it was especially specifically with with Kevin and, and Sean and Sean. I think it was in 2007 while I was over in England for All Star Wrestling. I showed up. I was supposed to have a meeting with John Laurinaitis over in the UK, and he wasn't there. And uh, I was supposed to meet with him, and uh, I had like a uh, a package, like uh, I had put like a package together with the uh, ideas for uh, an angle and something like that for me and Sean. And I handed my package to Sean, and he asked him if he would give it to Vince or to someone like you know. Uh, to make major decision in the company, and he said, "No, I will end it to Vince myself," and he did. So, okay, you know, so uh, when when he said that he had changed and things like that, for me it was like it was true. You know, it was the it was the reality. It was the shoot. He, he was uh, it was different, you know, than nice. when I when I did. So I've seen things, you know. 93, 94, 95, uh, you know, that was really, really bad from the click. And uh, so when, when he uh, handed my package to Vince and they, and they called me up and I met with them after that at the office in Stanford, and I knew that he had, you know, he had like, uh, he was up to his words and that he did what he said that he was going to do. So uh, I was really... Uh, Impressed by that gesture, that move, that he, the way that he acted, and the way that he uh, handled himself with me, you know, nice. very professionally and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really that's really cool to hear. That that is really cool to hear. Um, now you did come back for an ECW dark match, right? Uh, was it a Dreamer that you faced? Uh, ECW was uh, just incredible. Incredible, okay. Um, yeah, and that was, was for, it. Was for the title. It was a title match actually at the ECW arena. Well, I had like uh, I had a no. You came back for the WWE version of the ECW, right? No, no, no. It was uh, it was just before uh, maybe a few months or maybe six months before they fold. It was uh, I remember I was like doing the ECW loop, and then I was going in Saudi Arabia, and then I was. I was coming back here and uh and uh in the States and in Canada and uh yeah. Uh it was just it was they they had problems, financial problems and uh, they were hurt financially and uh but I always got paid good from Polly so and I got along good with him. But it was just like uh it just brought me in like for I'd say like probably six or seven shows or something like that. Maybe four well, or I five knew, shows. I knew that you did the ECW Paul Heyman, but I thought you came back for like a dark match for 
when Vince when when the, the rebranding of this. Oh yeah, I did one against Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, that was yeah, the, was, that was yeah. um, the same year that I uh, that I gave my pack my my pack is to Sean. To Sean, it might yeah. be it might have been like a six months difference. Yeah, I mean it was ECW, but it was a, basically it was the first hour of the TV taping or the one that wasn't live. So it was me and Tommy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right about okay. that. That was over yeah. in England, Birmingham, England, I think. Got it. So my final, yeah, my final question to you. Match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know, I don't, I don't think you should be doing well, trial matches. I had one in yeah. 2003, in 2007, uh, there, maybe 2009, and uh, each and every time it was always the same thing. It was like, well, you know, was talking to John Laurinaitis and said, well, you know, Carl, you know, uh, uh, creative, you don't have anything for you. That was basically, wow. that, was, that was, uh, was about creative, you know, not having anything for me. So not you had a tryout and with. you had a tryout in 09 too, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was in uh, Mulligan Sun, uh, Sun Arena, uh, Connecticut, yeah, 2009. Oh, wow. Wow. Who'd you yeah. face? Uh, Charlie Off. Oh, okay. Did uh, yeah, Off go over? Or? He was, uh, if I went over in the match or if... if uh, did, did, did Haas go over? Did Haas beat you? Yeah, yeah, he beat me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I you don't know. If it was in Montreal, let's say 2003. I opened up the show uh, at 7 p.m. They wanted to have like a good match to start the show and have like uh, the crowd, you know, rowdy and then going crazy for for yeah. us. So they put me on the first and they put me over and the crowd really got behind that. Uh, that that yeah. night in 2003, I really thought I would get hired, a good job and things like that with a good push. Yeah. I was so surprised, like, a couple of weeks after when Laurinaitis called me and he said that uh, the creative didn't have anything for me. I mean, the, the, the crowd was, you know, it was back home, though, but, you know, it was like a, it was really a good, a good match and a good night. Uh, 2009 wasn't that, that great, and the match with Tommy was like, you know, just, just an okay match, you know, it was nothing special. Now, did you have a pitch for Lauren Otis? Did you, did you have a pitch for creative, or did you, you know, did, did you just come to him and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wanting to come back," and they said, "Okay, we'll give you a trial no. match." Did you have something for uh, them? Like, as far as your package, yeah, like the, the the package that you gave Michaels, like what was that? What was in the package? Uh, it was a, it was a big angle for WrestleMania for me and him. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was. Uh, well, I had. Well, I went back to Puerto Rico in 2005, and uh, and then uh, you know I was using like, uh, and then over in England too, I was using like I was using like a spinning elbow uh, to as my finisher, and my my kind of angle was like uh, instead of pinning the guys one to three. Uh, it's going to be knockouts, you know. They get counted at uh, they count at ten, and uh, so I was using the uh, a rolling elbow, and uh, it was knockout. So, and uh-huh. the, the story the story was like, uh, let's say you know, I'm on the raw, and 
I'm not advertised. I'm just walking through like nobody, like, you know, I'm going to do a job or something. And, you know, against a bigger name. And I surprised him with the knockout. And I counted him out. They count the wow. 10 count. And then uh, building up the finish until um, at WrestleMania where it was the, was the, you know, like a, a knockout match. The super kick versus the elbow, but my specialty would be knockouts. And uh, seven, eight, nine, and that's for the first time someone's getting up, you know. So yeah. I build up to it, like, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, but I'm just throwing the big lines, but it was something like that. So because yeah. my name, my real name, Carl, Carl Willette, so KO, knockout, you know. So it all like makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so you're good. Masato Tanaka style, Roy Yerbo. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's something that you know, you know, I like to be creative and I like to be different in the business and I think uh an angle like that was never, never, never seen before. It would be out of the ordinary, you know, it'd be something yeah. totally creative, you know. Absolutely. And yeah. uh so, yeah, so that was the pitch. But, uh, yeah, that was very interesting. All right, one one last quick question because we got a few questions that I want to tackle here in the chat room. Um, there was the result kayfabe or shoots for the brawl for all? I know that the, the physicality was real, but did they want Butterbean? Was, was the whole thing revolved around Butterbean the whole time? How were y'all given... I think Russo came up with the brawl for idea, right? No, no, it was uh, actually that was uh, a bar talk between Bruce Pritchard and Bradshaw. It was uh, they were they were drinking beers and, and Bradshaw was telling uh, Bruce Pritchard that if he that if it was like real fights, like he would beat anybody in the dressing room. And then, I also uh, was a Pritchard. Pritchard uh, uh, came up. With yeah, kind, kind of went along with it. And uh, and but the the thing was designed for for uh, Doctor Dr. Death to win. Yeah, that was yeah. supposed to be his big push. Like everybody thought that would be the amateur background that he had, being in a four time. Uh, all-star, uh, all-American, you know, winner or runner-up or whatever. The and playing with the Oakland Raiders and all that, you know, all the uh, resume that the great resume as a tough guy and being a legit badass. Uh, they thought that would really uh, push his character and things like that. So. Um, because they so wanted him and Austin to feud, right? Yeah, possibly. There's a possibility there. I don't know what was the uh, the, the the final call about that, but gotcha. uh, you know, when when something a tournament like that goes, and it was no kayfabe at all. I mean, it was a no shoot. I mean, everything. I mean, I can tell you a story. Uh, there's no one of them. They're both dead now, but <laughs> they could have testified of it. But, uh, well, my first fight, my first match, my first fight was against Dr. Bet, you know, and uh, had like, uh, they gave me like two weeks, maybe 
two week notice. You know, uh, Bruce called me, and it was during a time where I was not even on the show. I mean, I was under contract, but they weren't using me that much. And uh, so I was at my home, and then they called me. I'm like, Vince got a great idea for you. I'm, I'm all surprised. Yeah, what is it? Oh, well, it's a tournament, you know. You know, you get five five thousand per fight, and uh, well, the semifinal is that amount of money. The final is that amount. The the the, the winner is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and whatever the with brackets and things like that. And, and that was legit uh, too. The winner actually got two hundred fifty thousand. I think that's uh, that's Bart Gunn who won it actually, but it was like five per match plus semi main event, maybe semi final with probably uh, fifty grand and hundred grand if you win the whole thing. But with your match, if you had everything that the all the purse that were adding like all the purse together, you could win like two hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand, and that yeah. was during a, a full month, you know, a full month. Wow. So like my my first fight, nice paycheck. Uh, my first fight. Yeah, it was five thousand for a fight to three three one minute round, but yeah. it was for real. So uh, I was scheduled to fight Steve uh, Williams. I knew that when Bruce called me, he told me it was going to be me and uh, Doctor Death on the first round. So. Uh, I didn't have time to train for. I didn't know nothing about the mature wrestling. I didn't know like a takedown or anything like that. And uh, well, the first thing I did, I I went with some MMA guys and I kind of worked out like a little bit for two two weeks. And uh, the one coach that I, I wanted to have with me on my corner, and I brought him on the road with me. And. Uh, pay for his room, pay for plane tickets, pay for him to be in my corner and things like that. And uh, when we got to Raw, uh, they came up to me, an uh, office guy came to me and said, well, we're not going to do your fight this week. We're going to do it next Monday. <laughs> so, wow. so I had to bring this guy. I had to carry him on the road with me during other shows prior to that. And after, like, he did the whole loop with me. So then I didn't get the... You know, didn't eat all day. You know, preparation, preparing for for that that fight because you don't want to get yeah. knocked out or anything right. like that. You want to look good. So uh, I didn't I had no appetite. I didn't want to eat. I wanted to, you know. So I was all, you know, on the adrenaline and things like that. So when they said no, I said this week. So it would change. It's going to be next week. So. I didn't want to pay uh, another like three or four grand just to bring my coach again for another show and not knowing if it was going to be changed again. So I went by myself. But that yeah. was like a, a tough blow, you know, to swallow. Like, you know, it was tough. You know, my morale was a kind of a, didn't expect anything like that. So uh, I went with the um, generate coach, you know, because it was one coach for the blue corner, let's say one coach for the red corner, it was the same coach for every fighter, so there were nothing special, no relationship, no, uh, he knows my strength, he knows my weaknesses, it was basically, okay, now it's this, it's that, it was generic, you know, mm-hmm. so I went along with those coach, the coach that they gave me, and uh, uh, they had, uh, I went like the third round, I think it was like eight seconds to go, and they they had stopped. They stopped the match. Didn't get knocked down once. Didn't get in trouble at any time. So, um, 
That was it. So, uh, but before, during, uh, maybe let's say the show starts at seven, maybe we at six or at five p.m. Uh, Hawk came to me, one of the uh, the road warriors, and uh, so Mike came to me. He says, "This man," he said, "You know, I know, you know, Steve. I know Steve. You know he's dangerous. You know he's crazy. So when he tags you with the gloves, you know, just take advice and just stay there, pick up your five Gs. You're not gonna get injured or anything like that." <laughs> and I, I, and I, I went to Hawk. <laughs> and I told Hawk, I said, "Now, I said, Hawk, now you're gonna go back to Steve." And I don't want to swear on your show because it's PG. But so you're going to go back to Steve. You're going to tell him to keep his uh, freaking money and tell him he's in for the fight of his life. Right. I don't want to know nothing about the deal that he wants to do. I'm for <laughs> real, and I don't care about anything. If he has to injure me, tell him to injure me because yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> so kind of Huck was surprised, you know, on my reaction. And I felt like I was tested by the office because, you know, it, I, uh, when I I refused, you know, the whole thing with the click, I said, okay, the, you know, you wanted to make problems or we'll see if you can back up his words or whatever. So for me, it was like a big test, you know, like just going against the Bullions and, I didn't want anything. I didn't want the boys to to tell each other that uh, I, no, I just wanted to be so legit and go there. And I was, in all honesty, I was hoping to win that tournament. I'm saying that yeah. if, if there's a slight chance that I can win it, that's going to make me, you know. So I went, you know, I was hoping that I could win this whole thing. So I really thought I could win it. But it didn't happen. But, uh, you know, I had that. I had that in my mind that it could happen. So, yeah. Butterbean was never, never part of the plan. The thing is, Bargun won the whole thing. And when he won against, on the second round, the first round was Bargun and Bob Ali. And they had a great fight. Well, it was like uh, they were really going at it, both. It was pretty, like, uh, equal. But maybe uh, part of the, maybe... Uh, Landed more shots and and things like that. So he he won uh, by by points, but it was not a knockout. Mm-hmm. Right. But every other guy that went against Bart Gunn, he got knocked out. Everybody. Yeah. And it was but we kind of knew because I was traveling with the guns and I was traveling with Sid and I was traveling with a bunch of guys on Bob Ali and those guys we were like we we're traveling a lot together and. Bart was always like saying, like uh, if he could add a fight with uh, the Iron Cheek, even if he was like a gold medalist or a bronze medalist, uh, the Olympics that he would beat him up. And everybody would say, "Come on, Bart, you know, gotta stop that." And he, <laughs> he really had that confidence in himself. So when he when he did when uh, knock out Steve Williams, Doctor Dead, which was like with 12 seconds left. Because he was losing on points and everything. Like uh, Steve Williams on his way to win the match against Bart Gunn, and he was gonna win this one and probably win the whole thing. And, and uh, Bart was a lefty, and he had a solid left. And if if anybody was gonna hit him in the uh, rib cage or anything, he was not feeling any pain. So he wouldn't mm. even protect uh, the low, lower body; he would just protect his head, and he would just land a 
a solid left hook and he was knocking everybody. He knocked like knocked out uh Steve Williams, knocked out uh um Papa Shango, uh mm-hmm. whatever the other name was. Uh, or Kama Kama Mustafa or Kama Mustafa, yeah. No, no, with the train. Uh that was the last run when he had the train with the girl. Uh, oh um with the money and everything. Um let me see. Uh oh man, what was it? Uh well, well he was come back the godfather you. was Kama Mustafa, right? Yeah, time? the godfather, yeah, it was the godfather. Yeah. Actually yeah. he was the godfather. He got knocked out too. Uh, yeah. Then he beat yeah. uh, Bradshaw so, at the end. Bradshaw did the yeah. and dance too on the floor. So uh, yeah, it was like he, he. So he went through the whole thing. Now everybody in the office thought that he could really beat, legitly beat Mike Tyson. So now they had in their yeah. mind to make a big match between Mike Tyson and Bart Gunn, and that Bart Gunn would win it. But. Butterbean was supposed to be a setup for Mike Tyson. But, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. That was the thing. If you go back in the magazines, the WWE magazine at that time, they already had like spreads of Tyson facing Mark Gunn. Wow. He was all over the place. How did that yeah. slip through the cracks of stuff that I did not know? I never knew that. I knew, I yeah. thought that. Because there was a lot of rumors going around that Butterbean was supposed to squelch uh, Bart Gunn's win because people weren't expecting Bart to win. That that's the no no. The, I can tell you the whole dressing room was expecting Bart Gunn to win against Butterbean. All the boys believed that Bart was the guy after you know after winning Brawl for All. And yeah. it's when when it happened when he really faced a real boxer that we realized that he was not even close because the the fight lasted only twelve seconds. Yeah, at WrestleMania. So that and just it was killed the first time all the thoughts. He got hooked in the ribcage and he felt that one like like the the transfer of the weight transfer and the the technique and everything and the. <laughs> The quickness and the snapness and the the strength of Butterbean. I mean, uh, it really it was a massacre, basically. You know. Yeah, it was. So that that kind of killed everything off. I mean, yeah. there was no. You couldn't follow up with anything. Uh, Brawl for All was there was no follow up on Brawl, Brawl for All. Now it's just. Because all the cards were put against, you know, it was supposed to be Bart and Tyson. And wow. he did. You know, I was talking about the generic coach that we had in cornered. Some of the coach, you know, were boxing trainers and things like that. And they probably got impressed by Bart. And they probably went to, you know, some people in the office saying, yeah, this guy, you know. And, and Bart would tell you also if he, if he talks to you one time or a few times, that he, uh, for Butterbean, he had changed his style to be more like a boxer. And mm-hmm. he, I think he felt like it, it threw him off his, uh, his style or what had given like success prior to that was taken away from him because he was trying to be something that he was not, a uh, style that he was not uh, totally uh, 
no confident or didn't feel like it was himself for boxing or whatever fighting. But I don't think that would have changed anything, even if he would uh, went there with his own style. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're basically we're we've been wrestling all our our life. We're not we're, we're not boxers. We're we're wrestlers, and even guys like guys that refused to do that brawl for all thing, it was like uh, Ken Shamrock didn't want to get into that. He said, "I'm not going to swing with 300 pound guys, and I can't." Of my ground game because it was just takedowns and, and punches. Yeah. So you couldn't like choke or use anything else. So we didn't want to. Yeah. Didn't want to be involved, and a bunch of guys didn't want to be involved, and a bunch of guys that were involved got injured, neck injury, and all kinds of injuries. Savio Vega got injured. Uh, uh, Mark Merrill got injured. Uh, Dan Severn was was in the tournament but because he had boring matches they, they took him out of there after a couple of wins and they put another guy it was a real farce you know it was a real joke at the end yeah that's true um, really was, interesting fights weren't like it's, wrestling fans didn't expect that so and they, right. they kind of got disappointed by the action so they were trying to have more exciting fights because then you know, he was there to win, so he was just on the takedowns all the time. Didn't want to exchange, you know, boxings or anything like that. So it was totally mm-hmm. a, a takedown, takedown, takedown. So it's kind of boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's that's what made him an MMA legend. Those those daggone takedowns. Oh no, no, like, <laughs> I mean, he's a monster. I mean, he's a. I I don't take any credit away from Shamrock or from Dan Severn. I'm just saying. The the concept that they came up with takedowns or you know yeah. five points if you landed like uh, it was just a weird way to count points until uh, yeah. decide winners and it was funny weird rules and the whole thing was weird. Yeah, I wonder if they were trying to make a because because UFC started booming around that time with with Royce Gracie um, and. And like, like Ken Shamrock, like around like Gracie was more like ninety three or so, ninety two, ninety three, and then like Ken Shamrock was real big around ninety five, ninety six time. Yeah. Uh, really ninety five. Uh so it, it it seems I wonder I wonder if they were trying to um to to, to combat not not necessarily combat but just kind of Create an alternative for MMA yeah. with with the brawl for all. Yeah. It just seems like you know you know what I mean because 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 UFC started to really become you know a, an entity around that time. So I just wonder if WWE yeah, was trying to ground, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder hey, if they were trying to, to grab why, some like attention. Everybody's wondering why they came up with that formula and what was the idea behind it. And well, the only thing I feel like if Steve Williams would have won it like he was supposed to win it, and that would have been a great push for him. So he ended up being a great push for Bargan, who, yeah. who took Steve Williams' spot in Japan for all Japan Pro Wrestling. So, uh, they, you know, they, they made something big. You know, he was using a left hook over there in Japan as a finisher. So, yeah. uh, but it didn't do anything for WWF. 
I didn't do anything for them at all. Yeah. Basically, uh, every Bart was the winner of the whole thing. He ended up getting knocked out in 12 seconds by Butterbean. Yeah. So the whole idea with Mike Tyson and Bart was down the drain. And yeah. then uh, on the way there, like the Dr. Death lost the tour and bicep of the leg, a broken jaw. He was all like injured for six months or four months. I don't know how long he was in bad shape. Concussions and all that. So he fell through the ropes, you know, and ended up outside the ring with a broken jaw and tore his leg up. And so it's there's a lot of I think Godfather had neck injury, Salu Vega had a neck injury. So it was it took a, a toll on a lot of the boys. Yeah, it did. All right, so uh, uh, let's uh, very interesting stuff. I never knew that about the brawl for all. See, I, that's the reason why I love talking to people like you, who've been in the business for a long yeah. time. Because I, I I usually do a lot of digging. I, I'm a I'm a research journalist, so I love to research. I've written thousands of articles. I know a lot about the business uh, since like '80s. Uh, you know, even. I was binging on like continental uh, stuff from like, uh, and I was binging on stuff from the seventies recently. And uh, yeah, no. Also, what you could do now is go and verify everything that I told you. We verified the Mike Tyson, you know, storyline over there and things like that. Yeah. So you'll be able to check this. Really out. interesting. Yeah, I, I love hearing stuff like that because, like I said, as much research as I do, I love talking to. I love road stories and talking to like people who've been in the business for a while because I love to hear something I didn't know about. And I didn't know that WWE actually had Mike Tyson versus Bart Gunn, you know, kind of pegged for a big, a big show. Now that was the, that was going to be the big payoff. Well, that was on their surprise too, because never, nobody expected Bart Gunn to win the whole thing. Right. Uh, just a few of the boys, like myself and Bob Ali and Billy Gunn, knew how tough Bart was. But mm-hmm. he wasn't a guy who would get into fights, you know, uh, on the road either. He was just he was just a gentleman all the time. He was a great guy, you know. So uh, it was just just by talking with him, just knowing like uh, how how good he could have been, you know, it's just, um, and basically sometimes when you have people like kind of bragging with just for fun, it's not someone who would brag on the road, but he would brag just to make a joke, you know, he would put himself over just to make a joke. Uh, and then we realized that there was a lot of truth behind that, those, those wow. things, you know, and then yeah. and we knew that he, he could go all the way after the after the he had he went through uh, a Williams and, yeah. and he did and in a spectacular way too, and yeah. I totally understand from the boxing coach that really believed that he could go much further, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, but it all got shattered, you know, by Butterbean. Yeah, that's unfortunate. All right, so I got a few questions for you. Just give me some quick answers. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I really appreciate you coming back on the show, man. This has been a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so I got a few questions for you. Um, 
Gabriel's asking, uh, how do you feel about the new villain Enterprise's titles? Uh, like them or dislike them? For those who haven't seen them, uh, well, first of all, watch Best in the World. It was a really good show. Um, and they unveiled the new uh, villain Enterprise's six-man titles. Uh, really, really um, interesting-looking uh, titles. Very artistic. Looks like there's been. It looks like there are a lot of a lot, lot of work put into that. And uh, they successfully defended their titles against uh, Lifeblood. And then somebody joined Villain Enterprises. Um, I would say, I ain't going to spoil it for you, but it's been like a week and a half since Best in the World. So, uh, um, you know, (laughs) I'm sure people know who's the newest member of Villain Enterprises now. But how do you feel about the new uh, titles? And, uh, um, you know, do you like them or dislike them? I, I I like them. I mean, I really like them. They what I really like about them. I mean, I mean, physically, I think they're they're looking great. They're looking awesome. Uh, also, what I do like about it is the fact that it's really personalized for the enterprises. Yes. You know, it's it's the the logo, the the name. The, so I think it really like uh, it really puts over like the faction. You know, and being on, you know one of the greatest faction in pro wrestling today, and then. It really enhances, you know, the fact that on top of being uh, six-man world tag champs, we'll, we'll also have our own belts, our own championships. So it just, uh, it just adds, you know, to, uh, you know, it just makes the fact that it's personalized, you know, it just makes it bigger and larger than life. You know, I think, I think yeah. it's, it's great. I really, I really like them. Agreed. Michael's asking, uh, the Monday night PCL training videos are great. Um, did you produce them or ROH? Uh, no, it's uh, actually uh, we've been producing them for uh, since day one. Even when I was on the indie scene, uh, we were producing it. We uh, we have a uh, thing. I think why people are asking that. It's like uh, uh, the one of them, like not this week, but the the week before the foot, the one where I am uh, against a whole football team by myself, um, is really like a movie uh, kind of shooting, and uh, there's a big team behind it because uh, because there's a team following me everywhere, uh, working on the PCO documentary. And uh, which is going to be like a two-hour long. It's going to be shoot. It's, it's, it's going to be a documentary, but it's going to be uh, presented as like for movies. It's going to be in theaters and things like that. So nice. the those people uh, who are following me, uh, they got the professional cameras and professional uh, studios and anything and things like that. So I can tell you right away that there's going to be. Uh, sometimes it'll be like this, like, you know, a cheaper production, uh, but the ones that we're going to do with the team that's shooting the movie on me, uh, we should have an, an extra, like, uh, 12 episodes that's going to be really shoot uh, like a movie. So, nice. uh, with, you know, like, uh, really professional. So uh, they're, uh, they're investing uh, money in some of the... Uh, some uh, production for some uh, Monday Night PCO Industrial. 
Actually, wow. we're going to shoot like uh, five different entrances of BCO Industrial. That's going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be part of Monday Night BCO Industrial. Like five different entrances, but they're not going to be entrances. They're going to be like movies, videos, but they're showing five different ways that BCO can enter uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, Going to the ring, so it's gonna be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, with this documentary, makes it even a makes it even more of a reason for you to uh, beat Matt Taven for that uh, Ring of Honor World Championship. That would be such an awesome part of the documentary. Yeah, I feel like I got pressure. (laughs) Yeah, just just to have like a good documentary, and but also you know what, like uh, my goal is to. to uh, really like uh, make the uh, the biggest comeback in uh, in sports uh, history altogether, whether it's boxing, golf, or wrestling, or and any sports, you know. Uh, so I think uh, a world title is as uh, part of the uh, part of the. I mean. It would be like really the, the the cherry on top of the Sunday. I mean, I I think it's got to be part of of the comeback. So I'm gonna work really hard and and really uh, focus and stay focused on uh, on winning a uh, a world uh, title for sure, for sure. Absolutely. All right, a few more quick ones. Uh, Ali's asking anything you want to accomplish that you haven't done yet. I guess that, I guess uh, what you just said pretty much answers that question as far as the documentary. Yeah, yeah, winning a major yeah. world title, a major mm-hmm. company, a world title, and yep. uh, solidify you know uh, the, the greatest comeback in in the history period in the history of sports. You know, altogether. Uh, I mean. In my book so far, it's the George Foreman comeback that comes to my mind, you know, first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as Tiger Woods was mentioned this year for having a great comeback. But to me, George Foreman was like, it's the biggest thing right now. And uh, i got tremendous respect for everything that he's done. Uh, I've been watching every video, every fight, every ounces of George Foreman and I just wanna surpass that. I just wanna just wanna make a, a, a bigger comeback than he did. Not because it's got nothing to do with, with George Foreman. It's just uh just part of uh the way I envisioned, you know, my goal when I was like uh, fourteen years old, fifteen, sixteen. Uh I wanted to make a major impact on on the uh in the wrestling industry. And uh, now that I have the story playing in my favor at my age, now I'm, I'm saying to myself, everything that I wanted to to do in this business, I can do it now. I mean, now it's the time yep. because now, you know, I've done a lot of the work already and I've had this team following me. And, uh, and for me, winning a world title and, and becoming the greatest comeback and sport history uh, it becomes a, a great movie, not just a documentary, but just, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, when the movie based on on true story, you got the movie there, you got a book there, you got so many things that can be reattached to that. So, I mean, this is a must do for me to say is there, there's no other way around it. It's got to, and I feel like uh, the fans and everybody within the industry and the wrestling business totally get the uh, the sacrifices and the hard times just when I was telling you at the beginning of the, of the show how many you know tryouts and how many times that I, I was told no I couldn't do this or no I couldn't be a baby face that no one would ever like me in the United States and I've been through so many uh, uh, obstacles in my life that I feel like uh, I've got the, the people like uh, being with me uh, towards you know toward this goal. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel the support from the from the yeah. fans and everybody. Yeah. So it's it's just really cool because sometimes you got guys you know can win titles you know five, six, ten, twelve times, but you know just to Win a world title, but just that it really means something because you have worked so hard and and uh, against all odds. Uh, and add on top of that the age, the the physicality, the taking a risk, and everything that everything else that comes with it. And you know, basically betting on myself against all odds all the time. Yes. And finally pays off. You want to go all the way to the end, you know. You want to make it all the way to. Yeah. You know, so just like I'm so close to it. How could you not get behind a story like that? That's all I want to say about that. <laughs> that is that's <laughs> awesome, man. It really is. It really is. Yeah, it is yeah. so much. Wow. Yeah. Um. So my last question uh, is uh, Daniel's asking, uh, speaking of uh, KOs, uh, how does it feel having a hand in Kevin Owens' training or Kevin Steen's training and seeing how far he's come? That's the last question for tonight. Well, you know, the thing with Kevin is like, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was not, I, it's hard to say I trained him because, uh, Yes, you know, uh, I was there. He started, he was 14 years old, and I was at the wrestling school when he was there, and uh, I might have taught him a few things, you know, basic things. Uh, I can remember that just about uh, holding a, a side headlock. You know, they would ask me different things. Oh, you should probably put my my feet like that or like that or like that. So there's no right way to do it or wrong way. It's do it the way you feel comfortable. You know, like if you put your left foot in front of the right one, there's an advantage. If you put your right one and you put the left one in the X, the other one, the right one in front of the left one, there's another advantage. So the guy cannot reach the closest leg, but you know. Both style are good because if you go back in histories, some guys they do uh, have a set uh, have not signed a lot. Some are 
in a way, and some of the guys have changed it for another way. And it's the same thing with hitting the ropes. Now you got guys holding up to the second rope as they hit the top rope with the right arm, and they hit the left rope, uh, the second rope with the with the the left arm. And, and sometimes there's so many ways to do so many different things. It's just building, you know, just whatever you're comfortable. But just to say that at the end of the day, by the time we worked matches together and we wrestled each other, I mean, I was probably learning more from him than he was learning from myself. So I'm very proud of him because at one point, you know, a lot of people were asking, well, how come, like, what's, what's all about Kevin and things like that? Well, the guy, you know, uh, he was uh, labeled as uh, one of the most... Uh, uh, if you say when he was a kid, when he was 14, 15, uh, first thing like people were saying, this guy's going to be a future star one day. And uh, I, I remember when he was going from Montreal to Philly, Montreal to Jersey, and I was getting paid probably $50 per show, and he was losing money on every uh, weekend that he was spending in the States. It was costing him money to get there and to wrestle. And it really took like uh, 13 or 14 or 15 years before he made it to the big time. So everything was well-deserved. A lot of people don't know what he's been through and uh, how much he gambled, you know, on his career. And then he took chances. And uh, I really uh, I really respect uh, everything that he did, like, you know, for him to believe in himself and to... Like, you know, basically a little bit like like anybody who makes it, you know, he had to uh, believe in himself. So uh, really proud of him. Really, really proud of him. He's, yep. he's done a tremendous job. And, yeah. So, I yeah, agree. Can be, yeah. Yep. Uh, I remember paid a lot of rules and uh, did a lot of things that the general public don't know what he did, what he's been through. But I was there uh, almost every step of the way. Even if sometimes I would lose him, like, for two or three years, I was always, you know, in contact with people around us that knew each other. And, uh, yeah. Yep. So he, he worked hard for it. He did. And I remember one, one interview I saw from years and years ago. He said something that stuck out to me. Um, he said that I'd rather go to WWE and hated than not to go to WWE at all. And uh and I think that that was that was his mind that he always wanted to make it to the big leagues, to make it to WWE. And I think that that's a really good philosophy for people to have. Like, you know, WWE is uh is big time. It's you know, it's good to have experience. Um, you know, that's and you've been there. You you've you've been champ. You've been a, a tag team champ for three times. And so you've yeah. had your WWE experience and you know, Kevin said that he'd rather go and hate it than not to go at all just because, you know, as a wrestler you want that experience. But it's good for you um that you've had that experience before and now it's it's one of the greatest comeback stories ever known in sports history that what you're doing right now you're so over one of the most popular people in all of professional wrestling and uh at the ripe young age at uh, 51 years old man you're still doing an amazing job and i'm pulling for you Uh, i've got a lot of people in the chat room 
pulling for you as well. Um, I hope, <laughs> man, people like you so much, man. I'd like to bring you on again. There's some questions that weren't answered just, you know, to respect your time. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you know, I got, uh, I got your number, man. I'll text you and hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll make it to round three, uh, sooner than later, man, to bring you back on the show. Uh, my, my fans love you, man. That's great. That's great. I mean, I uh, I go all out, you know, in the ring. I give everything I've got. When I do an interview like like tonight with you, uh, I'm trying to give as much as I can, like in the ring, as much in the interview. Like I like to give you a little bit of more than just, you know, uh, little blah 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 and this. I like to give you a little without hurting anyone, you know, a little bit of gossip, so it, it, it becomes interesting for. For, for for the the fans, you know, it's just something that I think when the people can grasp what we're doing behind the scene, uh, it makes it so much because uh, it's so hard sometimes and it's hard to explain, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, people think, oh yeah, wrestling is this and wrestling is that. Well, one thing is real for sure: it's all the politics, all the behind the scenes, all the you know, the jealousy, the this, the that, and there's, you know, so when you really make it in pro wrestling, you really have made, it's because you really made it, you know, uh, and I'm I'm saying it each and every day to become a world champion in pro wrestling is as hard to become a world champion in any other sports. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you have to dedicate your whole life to it, you know, there's no, no other way around. This is not yep. a part-time thing. This is not a hobby thing. This you got to be focused 24/7. You got to get up, think about it, about you you wanting to become a champion, going to bed you wanting to become a champion, getting in the gym you want to become a champion. You do a promo, you look at your paper and you yeah, I want to become a world champion and it's got to be there every day, every minute, every second of your life. And that's yep. the main thing. 100% agree, man. Uh, Daniel's saying uh, one last thing. I got to let PCO know that he took the hearse on his chest like a champ. Good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, man, hopefully uh, sooner than later, um, we'll, we, you can uh, go ahead and put that cherry on that documentary and be become world champ. Until then, man, we'll enjoy every match that you have, man. You give it your all and Enjoy those six man titles, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show All right. again tonight. Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. Like, just anytime, man. I, I love doing it. It's great. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, and have a good night. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Man, he's starting to become one of my favorite uh, people to interview. Um, we just uh, hit it off the first time I uh, asked him to be on the show. Uh, uh, man, just talk to him on the phone. Just a nice guy. Just a just a really nice guy, man. And uh, talked on the phone a few times and hit off and uh, texted him again. And he said, "Oh yeah, absolutely. I love to come back on the show." And so, major kudos to PCO for being on the show again, man. Really, I mean, one of the best stories going on in pro wrestling right now. Super cool dude, man. Humble, down to earth dude. Uh, so, uh, major, major kudos to PCL. Thanks, everybody, for asking your questions, too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, get into some stuff. Um, 
So I got a custom custom made BML. We're going to do a tournament again today. Uh, most likely we're going to do like the first round. But I got a custom made. Okay, PMP is uh we're, we're moving up, buddy. Cuz I have a custom made our uh uh formed tournament bracket this week. The greatest former one-time WWE champion. I got the 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 actual brackets. Look at this. Look at this. So look, in WWE history, there have been 22 former uh, WWE champions. So I didn't count Kofi Kingston. Yes, Daniel, went NCAA on it. (laughs) So there's been 22 total former um, WWE champions. So I'm not counting uh, Kofi Kingston because Kofi Kingston is the 23rd um, one-time WWE champion. There's been 22 total that has been former one-time WWE champions. Um, I didn't count the World Heavyweight Championship. I counted the WWE Championship. So 22, and we're going to do the first round. There are six uh, kind of play-in games, and um, <laughs> Alonzo's still reeling from the wild episode of PNP last week. Yes, sir, that's a really... <laughs> <laughs> Good. Matter of fact, man, you get the applause. Uh, you get the comment applause right now, man. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, CYD, cover your donkey, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the uh, <laughs> so the play-in games, uh, there's six of them. So the six are the people who had the titles the uh, shortest time. So they're, they're the play-in games. So those six, uh, well, 12 altogether, those, those six matches, uh, those, um, those six, 12 people are Rey Mysterio, Andre the Giant, Kane, Sean, uh, Stan Stasiak, Buddy Rogers, Jeff Hardy, Vince McMahon, Iron Sheik, Bray Wyatt, Psycho Sid, Ivan Koloff, and RVD. Those are the 12, people out of the one time who had it the shortest amount of time. So those 12 people are going to vie to be in the, those are playing games. And then uh, the, the tournament starts um, after those, after those games. So this should be pretty fun. This probably lasts about two or three weeks. We'll see where it goes for, for, for it, but you guys are going to vote the best, the greatest one time former WWE champion. And actual, like Daniel says, NCAA tournament bracket style. Because I actually made a custom, custom made bracket for this time. So that's the uh, the upgrade for the tournaments now. Custom made brackets. All right, let's do it. Uh, let's do the um, first trivia question for the night is: Brian Adams and Brian Clark formed the team blank. Brian Adams and Brian Clark. The team blank Ladies and gentlemen Let's bring in the co-host with the most His name is Evan Tech Proud Hey yo Hey yo What's going on It's your time <laughs> Hey reeling You gotta watch our donkeys That's right will. That's shout right out, Shout out D-Y-A. to D-Y-A your donkey. Last week D-Y-A <laughs> We had D-Y-A T-C-O D-Y-D. 
Man, my homie, my homie, Tanisha, she went in, man. Yeah, shout out to her. You know, with her, with her cup of God Coke, and we're using in quotation. We all know God Coke. Got some food, but it's all good. Yeah, you know, lots of donkeys. God, of course, we all know that back in the day in high school, we was in high school. Shout out to uh, uh, Mr. Ryan, who's listening, one of my staff members. He's a lot older. Yeah, drafting classes. So we all know, Chris, he took a drafting class and used the machine to look up that bracket. Those lines are too crisp, too too straight. (laughs) He's making that hand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the handmade ones. uh, Yeah, that got too much, man. I was just mad. And plus, this one had 22 people on there, too. And I was like, you know what, man? All this time, why don't I just get some, find somewhere to find some type of software to to make it uh, on its own? So, um, I computed a few things and came out a very nice, crispy looking uh, bracket that I printed out in my office. So, <clears throat> I, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, I think since it's summertime, Chris, it's time. For you to invest in a SummerSlam sign, like you do for WrestleMania, you have all the SummerSlam logos, even <laughs> SummerSlam 1994. And uh, I, I watched Stalkate 94. We talked about that. I know this is upcoming flavor of the week. And I have to say, yep. um, Hogan and Brita, uh the booty man, brother the, booty, the, the butcher. butcher, the disciple, <laughs> the man with no name, Zodiac. Uh <laughs> I rather I rather watch Chicken Goldberg. Uh, it, yeah. it took me an hour to watch about a twenty minute match. Yeah, Evan Evan was uh, he was doing commentary <laughs> by uh, messaging me during the matches, and uh, man, he he was uh, not happy about what he was seeing. I, I, yeah, I gotta do it. Um, uh, <laughs> Daniel Daniel said, "Good job, Chris. If podcasting doesn't work out, you've got a bright future at Kinko's. You know what?" Uh, I'll consider that, uh, but I'll be a doctor this year, so uh, hopefully that's a big leap from uh, <laughs> from Kinko. So kudos to the people who work at Kinko, because I wouldn't be that people. And so, like, listen, man, hey, someone has to work at Kinko's, and the people who do, yeah, hey, kudos to y'all, man. And look, <clears throat> I worked at Kinko's before it was a Kinko's. Uh, my my trade was printing technology, so I ran the actual press with the ink. The rollers, the not the uh, dark room. Somebody young may not know what the dark room is. Yes, mm-hmm. I did all of it. The laminating machine, nice. the press, old pad machines, all of that stuff. Nice. It's all fine. I think you got a question. Uh, when print media was actually a thing, <laughs> now it's being taken over by digital media. So, um, uh, chronic is the correct answer. Good job, guys. Cruel, chronic. I actually like chronic. Uh, back in WC, WCW. What's going on? Uh, Eli said that was a good talk. Thank you, Eli. I appreciate it. Uh, yes, Michael. I'll be a doctor. I'll be a forensic psychology doctor. Um, Daniel says, "Congrats on the PhD. Thank you much." Yes, I'm going to have a PA. I'm going to have a PhD in forensic psychology. Um, so that's, uh, that's what's going to happen at the end, at the end of the year. So 
Michael says CSI. That's typically what uh, that's typically what forensic psychology is, uh, is is thought about as. That's one of many um, <clears throat> uh, facets of of uh, forensic psychology. So typically, people say, oh, "Oh yeah, so like the CSI, Criminal Minds type thing." Yeah, yeah. So inside yeah. a tree. Sure. <laughs> uh, Bones, Michael says as well. All right, so let's get into this stuff. Uh, PCL, PCL talked for uh, for over an hour, um, so that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's super awesome. Um, and uh, you know, like I said, man, it, it I love hearing people who are like been in the business for over twenty five years uh, share road stories and, and just talk about that stuff. I never knew about that, uh, brawl for all thing. I never, that's, that's interesting. I, and I love, I absolutely love, um, to, uh, being on an interview and someone saying something to me that I never knew about as much as I research about articles, as much as I research and stuff as a journalist, um, there's, there's not many things that I don't know about as far as like, you know, Stuff that's been around and, and and popular rumors and stuff like that, but I never knew about um, Bart Gun versus my Iron as a uh, as Vince <laughs> Vince say Iron Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh man, it seems like it seems like every time Mister Dan would say that, <laughs> he's about to pop a nerve in his. He even say to bust bust a uh, a blood vessel. Oh He's yeah. even in the other WrestleMania Arcadia game. The Undertaker, yeah. the Ultimate Warrior. Let's look right. at it. He all goes in a proper dead shot, Right. Uh, yeah, Eli's talking about uh, uh, Alberto Del Rio versus uh, Ortiz. Yeah, so for those who don't know, there's the they're gonna have an MMA uh, fight uh, between the two. Oh that that should be pretty interesting to see. I think Tito or, or I think Tito would run the floor uh, with El Patron. But the one I know, I mean, I've, I've watched Del Rio's old MMA stuff and. Um, it didn't look too bad, though. I mean, I, I only reason why I'm saying that is because Ortiz, you know, he's an MMA guy. He's had so many years of MMA experience, and 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 Daryl didn't have um, too much, you know, MMA experience. So, but um, I, 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 I just, yeah, I, Ortiz is going to take him to the woodshed, man. Uh, this, as far as what it seems, now we could be surprised. We could be surprised, um, but no. I don't. I don't see that happening. Have you met Tito Ortiz? I have not met Tito Ortiz. Nope. I've <laughs> seen him in person. Uh, my good old at a convention. My good old buddy Dan Sutherland and Kenny Sham, Shamrock. Ortiz has probably the most muscular forehead I've seen. That dude's no joke. <laughs> so I mean, I guess that's the thing. Wrestling career go down, so you either be a movie star, or you host a bunch of kids shows, and you try to get in the day. They'll wait for punk. They're real right. man, smaller than punk. Lashley's legit. Brock's legit. Um, 
Yeah. You just yep. have to see it. And he'll last longer than Screech from Celebrity Boxing. <laughs> right, right, right. I remember that. I remember that. All right, let's uh, zoom through this uh, flavor of the week because uh, we don't have too much time left. Uh, PCL took uh, a chunk of the time, which is which is great. <clears throat> um, I'm totally cool with that. I'm gonna text them again, guys. Uh, tweet me at, at Chris Prolific when you ha- want to have uh, uh, PCO back on. I actually have um, I have some really good interviews, really interesting interviews coming up, uh, uh, both live, both uh, next week and the week after. I have live interviews uh, scheduled uh, next week. <laughs> next week is gonna be really interesting. I'm, I'm really excited about next week's interview. Um, and I think you all are going to have a lot of questions uh, ready for this person. So, um, and then the next week after that's going to be pretty cool too. Um, <laughs> perfectly, per, I like it. I like it, Daniel. Dan, you get a you get an applause for that. Uh, PCO stands for perfectly cool overtime. You also get a ooh yeah for that too. Yeah. Ooh yeah. Let me go get Black Buck. Let me go get Black Buck back. We need a we need a we need a part three. Black Buck here, Featherstone here. Yeah. So Feather. I should bring. I should put Black Bart. Uh, <laughs> this is what I want to do. No. I want to have a triple threat episode. I want to have Black Bart. Rockacon and PCO yeah, Rock-a-con, yeah. on the same night. PCO. <laughs> oh man, what cool. a show that would be, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, that would be a daggone right show there. if you ever heard one. Daggone sure. show, <laughs> man, that would be an amazing taste, show. Taste them in the mouth. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> We are 20 weeks away from our 400th episode, ladies and gentlemen. That is a, a big deal. Uh, once again, ask Chris. <laughs> hashtag ask Chris. Um, Thank you, Alonzo. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, oh, all right. So let's 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 jump into the flavor. Of the, let's let's jump into the headlines real quick, guys. We don't have much time, so let's do this. Here we go. Okay, um, Alonzo, I'll get to that. I will get to that. Um, all right, so let's start off with uh, Kofi Kingston being injured. Just real quick, um, he's he's uh, reportedly injured, uh, but at the same time, um, he's still slated to uh, defend against Joe. That's the reason why he's been very physical recently. Um, there was an event that I think it was um, <clears throat> SmackDown event uh, that he got injured. Um, so, it, you know, I don't. Uh, I, I think you got to keep Kofi if if he's able to to. to and we'll get to Extreme Rules predictions too. That's the reason we got to zoom through this stuff. So yeah, he injured his lower back and. Um, so, I mean, th- that can be very nagging. That can be very nagging and, and difficult to really, because uh, I, I have, I've had lower back injuries for 24 years, and I've had two surgeries, um, and just hours and hours and hours of rehab, still rehabbing it. So, and so, 
yeah, that that lower back, man, it's it's a pain. And um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how far Kofi re- re- retains the title, and hopefully this injury doesn't take him away. I think Kofi's one of the best things that they're doing right now. Um, in WWE, I like, I like the underdog beating, you know, competition after competition. You know, I was, um, <clears throat> real quick, I was, and I've said this before in the show, I can't stand the 50-50 booking for one. And for two, um, I, I, one thing that really jacked one thing that's really different from where it was 20 years ago, because 98 was like the breakout for um, WWE. Yeah, over-organically, yep. Um, <clears throat> 98 was the breakout for WWE as far as breaking out from uh, the the, the uh, Monday Night Wars with 83 weeks without winning. They didn't win at all. And I think it was 97. They did not win one week at all in 97. Ninety-eight, it was back and forth, and then the and then the Austin versus McMahon is what really took it over as far as uh, WWE just winning again and just dominating. And um, one thing that was so interesting about the Austin versus McMahon is that Austin kept winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning, and he and, and the thing is the the, the point was. Uh, McMahon was so tired of Austin being the anti-hero babyface that he kept putting people in his way to stop him, to stop his momentum. That was the biggest thing about uh, Austin versus McMahon. He wanted to stop the momentum of Austin. So, uh, you know, there were t- uh, many times that he went against uh, Taker. I was a big opponent for him at the time. Uh, the Rock uh, and, and uh uh, ninety was ninety nine uh, when he went against The Rock. <clears throat> um, of course, Foley, uh, Kane, uh, Taker, and Kane together. Uh, so it was, it was one of those things that M- M- Vince McMahon, Austin was so over because he kept defying the odds that Miss the Vince McMahon threw in, uh, in his face. Now there was uh, now there were times where. Uh, that Austin would get pinned. I remember Vince pinning Austin before. Um, you know, there were times when he would lose the, the first blood match against Kane, and so. But at the same time, he would still get his comeuppance. You know, uh, quickly, and that is what made WWE so interesting because, and it wasn't Austin getting fifty-fifty booking and losing every now and then. Austin was always over. He won very he 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 seldomly lost because and because he seldomly lost that that drew the ire of Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon wanted to stop the momentum and that's that is the formula that made WWE exciting to watch because we wanted Austin to win. We wanted him to get over. Um Daniel was saying Austin stayed over because he was like the every man that watched wrestling except he got to beat up his boss. Exactly. And so he won match after match after match after match. And we want that. Like the 50-50 booking, it, it helps nobody. It puts nobody over. 
and that's one thing that I do appreciate about what they're doing with Kofi, although they've, they're having them lose a little bit more now, which I don't like. <clears throat> but I like the fact that they keep putting people in front of him, and he keeps winning because he's really good in the ring. And, um, you know, he can he can go with anybody. And so the reason why he's more over right now, because right now, because going into WrestleMania, the two biggest names were Kofi Kingston, Becky Lynch. Those were the two hottest names in WWE. Becky Lynch, like, I mean, nosedive as far as just interest. Um, Lacey Evans, people people can say Lacey Evans has caused that, that you know, the, the interest to, to go down, the alliance with Seth Rollins, which we're about to get to that in a little bit, the, the man's man t-shirt. Yikes. Uh, but it's like, whatever factor it is, it could be, it most likely is a variety of factors. We're not seeing Becky Lynch defy the odds and go against a bunch of people and keep momentum by beating person after person. It's like she's been trapped with Lacey Evans ever since, you know, after WrestleMania. And since then, I mean, it's, it's really caused her to be a lack of interest. So it's, it's, it's not yeah, okay. It's yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. It's, so we got the. Like, uh, nobody's interested. Yeah. Nobody's interested. Not. Nobody's interested in Becky. Nobody's interested in Seth. They have no villains to fight. Kofi's right. going to hurt. None of the belts mean anything. And people forget that Finn Balor's the IC champ. So, uh, yeah, it's just sad. I'll let you know um, about the Raiders War. Uh, WWE at one point got a 1.9 back uh, in uh, May of 1996. So I know people complain about the ratings, but uh, WWE didn't get a 1.9 yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They did, not, uh, they did not be Nitro only one time in 97. So not one time. Nope. Not one nope. time. Um. All right, so let's get real quick. Let's get to the man's man shirts. What are y'all thoughts on the man's man? Like a lot of people are giving that a lot of flack, which I I do too. It's like why would you I just like uh, and and it's nothing to do with Rollins and and Becky Lynch dating. That's cool. I mean, if they want to date, that's on them. I'm not. That has nothing to do with my gripe. My gripe is that how much is this lowering? the interest of Seth Rollins, your biggest champion right now, your universal champion, having mm-hmm. a shirt that says the man's man, that is absolutely terrible. And it makes nope. Rollins look like a second fiddle to <laughs> to Becky Lynch. Yep. Your champion, your 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 biggest champion of the company is is wearing a shirt that basically Makes him look like a sidekick to Becky Lynch. Like how much? How how much does that hurt the legitimacy of your champion? That that's absolutely terrible. Yeah, you're calling it. You're calling your woman the man, and you're putting her first, and then you're second. So basically, she's the man, and you're the woman. And you know, you're the second fiddle. You're the launch pad, McClay. Yeah, the Trebek from Matlock and Walker, Texas Ranger. No one cares. He's up there staring her, staring at her. You know, she's grabbing his butt. She's she doing all the bad stuff. He's sitting there gawking at right. interviews. 
The chemistry right. is off. What she said. No one cares. Uh, yeah. yeah. Terrible. That's stuff um, Elizabeth would have said was savage. That's stuff the the woman would say when the man does a full moan. It's like, oh, okay, what well, he said or yeah, you know, so with Deborah yeah. Austin or <clears throat> other things. Okay, right. Such yeah. I mean, I, I get, you know, I'm Burn cool with the woman's evolution. I'm totally cool with that. Definitely cool with Becky. I'm a big, big fan of Becky as 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 a, uh, as a competitor. But it's like, uh, you know, Burn sometimes you just like, sometimes you gotta just let things be how they were. And you know, what I mean, like, you know, it's like. I miss the days that, I, and I won't even call it passe. Like I, I miss the day, I miss the Elizabeth. I miss the men being the heels for mistreating the 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 elegant woman. You know what I mean? Like I I I, I miss those days. Like I I do. I appreciate the um, Maria Mannix uh, of this world. Uh, true, sure, but the same and the Jordan Graces and the Tessa Blanchards and stuff like that. I get it, um, but at the same time, you know, it's like <clears throat> I, I miss the, the 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 very very daunty, elegant, you know, woman getting being the the baby face, the beautiful damsel in distress, baby face, and um and and, and people like Savage abusing that. And and people hating Savage because don't you dare you know treat a woman like that. I, I that's what they I miss. Snake. And I and I also miss the, the, also miss like the beautiful, very, uh, 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 yeah 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 China and Eddie uh, Eli saying yeah I agree with that yeah. China and Eddie it's a good example. Um, and I also Trish. miss like the, the hillish, uh, the, the 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 people who still have that daunt have that really elegant uh look but are very mischievous like woman like perfect example woman like woman was amazing sherry martell sherry martell is more she was more uh over the top but woman was the perfect example like very elegant she never spoke like this just 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 came in was all about business but she had uh she had a commanding type of aura to her and it didn't have to didn't yeah. have to be over the top didn't have to do all that but she you know flair woman oh woman would you marry me now <laughs> like just, just yeah. that type of well, woman uh, <laughs> she didn't talk she didn't speak yeah 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 didn't have to say anything yeah dark journey was another one uh precious oh, yeah, sunshine your favorite yeah. Sapphire. Sapphire. Yeah, baby. Sapphire, baby. Baby doll. <laughs> Shout out to Baby Doll. Precious. Yeah, Baby Doll. That was another. Yeah, Baby Doll, definitely another one. Yep. Um, all right. So, uh, Undertaker versus Sting. So they, so they, uh, they teased the Undertaker versus Sting. Um, Okay, here, here I'm gonna say this. <clears throat> I'm gonna say this. Um, Read the article. Yeah, uh, and great article you did. Thank you. Uh, I I'll be okay. You know, y'all know I, I'm I don't. I, you know, y'all know I do not want to see 
Taker versus Sting. I don't want to see it, okay? And I've made that very clear many, many times on this show. I do not want to see Taker versus Sting. I can see them do it. Don't do it at WrestleMania. Do it at Saudi. Do it at a Saudi show. And I'm sure they're going to throw the money at them. I get it. If they're going to do it, which it seems like they're putting the feelers in, uh, and do it at Saudi, and and have if if Sting loses at Saudi, I'd be I don't see I don't want Sting to lose. Sting's WWE career was pure trash, and it made me so upset because first of all, the reason why Sting lost is because he was fodder. Yeah, he was to a fallen. Yeah, he was Triple A versus Rock. At the next year, that never happened, and it's like, oh, do y'all understand? Do y'all understand that? Do y'all understand why that that happened? Like this is this is this is legit. Do you understand why Sting lost to Triple H? Sting lost to Triple H because (laughs) Triple H versus The Rock was scheduled for the next year's WrestleMania in Dallas. And yeah. that's the reason why Sting lost to Triple H, because we saw Ooh, it at the we saw it at uh, at, at Santa uh, Santa Clara, San Jose, what the, the, the Bay Area. We saw it on thirty one, where the same WrestleMania when Triple H beat Sting, he had the segment with uh, Ronda Rousey and The Rock, which made me even more upset, by the way. And so minutes. that was supposed to set up uh, Triple H versus The Rock at 32 in Dallas, and it never happened. Instead, The Rock came out with a daggone fire flamethrower with the hitting in a six-second match against no uh, Eric Rowan. Right. That's how you're going to treat no, my voice. We, we, we was at the Airbnb, you know, you know, things to go for both of us. Shout out to Brandon who said the same today. Is I know y'all. I know I might just say because my age is 107. Look, we had to watch Hogan. We've seen one's matches. We just watched Taking Goldberg. We seen Brett against Vince. We seen Michael Cole against Lawler. We seen Foley against Flair. Yeah, we keep going. We had to watch Hogan against Bruda. Oh yeah, we keep going. <laughs> Conan versus One Man Gang. We've seen horrible matches. I, I'm with you. They didn't dug my man's thing out. His career in WWE is horrible. He's been nothing in WWE memorable, but when he did his debut, and I yep. want to see the match just because everyone has wanted to see it. He was talking about this back when I was in high school. You know, back then, I was in high school, middle school, singing, taking, singing, taking, singing, taking, but. If it happens, cool. The match should be better than Goldberg. But like you said, Sting's not going to be Taker. Taker's going to win. No, he's not. <clears throat> and that's so, and the thing is, if 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 take if Sting would have beaten Triple H, and and this there was no reason for Triple H to beat Sting. Like it 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 made no sense on many fa- on many on, on on many levels. It, it made no sense at all. Many facets, many levels, zero sense uh, like because. Sting came back a year and a half later to compete against Seth Rollins for the title for Night of Champions. But he lost to Triple H at WrestleMania before. If he would have beaten Triple H, see, if it wasn't about Triple H Rock, which never happened, 
If Sting would have beaten Triple H, it would have been even better. It would have made Seth Rollins look even better if Rollins wouldn't have would have beaten Sting at the, at the main event of Minor Champions the, uh, the the next year. Sting lost to Triple H, and he came back the year for Minor Champions. If he would have beaten Triple H, it would have made it look even better if St- Sting would have put over Rollins. But and, and, you know, Sting lost to Triple right. H. And Rollins beat Sting, so that didn't do anything. It didn't, it didn't make it didn't make anything better. If but if Sting would have see, here's the thing: if Sting would have beaten Triple H, then it'd be, it would have been better for Seth Rollins. And exactly. if Sting would have beaten Triple H, it, I would be I would be much more intrigued to see Sting versus Taker. If Sting would have beaten Triple right. H, I, I would be I would be much more game to see Sting versus Taker. But since Sting lost. At Mania and at Night of Champions, I have zero interest to see Sting Taker because Sting's going to lose again, and is going to make his singles matches, pay per view matches, zero and three as the WWE run. Because he had the DQ win against. Didn't he beat Big Show and lost? It wasn't like a. It was no became a tag match and he won. Yeah, it became a tag match. Him and I think him and Cena against. uh, Yeah, against. Big show. show and Seth, I think it is. I think it was or something like that. And you know, you know what's bad? Anytime my late mother, who the reason why I got to wrestling in the 80s, and she was a, a casual fan, and I'll never forget my mom was in the hospital bed here at my house, and my mom saw that match, and she was like, that's dumb. Since when did Hogan care about what Sting's done? Like, why is the WWE even helping out Sting? That's just stupid. And I remember she said that she woke up all the time. She was like, "Why is Hogan out here helping on Sting? That makes yeah. no sense." And I'm like, yeah. clearly, anytime my mother noticed it, and she would watch wrestling here and there, and she didn't watch it like she did back in the day. And like Mike said, they never went to GX. They was afraid Sting couldn't carry it. Sting and Triple H match was good by itself. Triple H didn't need to win. Uh, somebody else inside was like, "Why is Triple H interest is so darn long?" Then the interest is. Yeah, what did the Terminator have to do? Wait, Sting had the Japanese, the, the ding ding, the the, the bang, and, and to make it worse, we saw this all the time. Chris, he was in New York, going going in that stadium for Mania. It was like it was the worst Mania that had. You had Sting, Bray Wyatt, and Undertaker. All the entrances was horrible because it was yeah, daylight. Yeah, it was light. <laughs> it was it was light outside. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, that was another <laughs> thing that was upset about. That it was light outside in California, and you had Sting's entrance, which was terrible. All right, we got to roll. Uh, yeah. Who did Hulk Hogan compete against at WrestleMania two? All right, let's uh, give it. Give us your uh, Raw and SmackDown grades. Raw and SmackDown grades. Um, uh, I think SmackDown was like cool, cool with SmackDown this year. Uh, this this uh, this yeah, week. SmackDown was better than Raw. Yeah, it was better than Raw. Well, yeah. we, we got to see the puppet behind Ricochet again. I like how they keep adding the, uh, the Braves, Braves buddies uh, in, in the cameos and people don't mention them. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, this Seth Rollins. I, I don't like to hear him talk. If he's not wrestling, just shut him up. It's just <laughs> his voice. Oh, 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 and left knee. I give it an A plus because left knee, Ray Mysterio. They did to get smashed 
by Lashley. By Lashley, yeah. King Kong Bundy. Um, all right. Uh, we got like eight minutes left. Uh, let's do... Um, so for of the week. Let's, uh, let's do this. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right. Um, <clears throat> Raw said Raw was a C plus. <clears throat> Grades on Raw and SmackDown as we get into these brackets. Uh, let's do the play-ins for now. We got a few minutes left. Um, yeah, I give Raw uh, C plus. Uh, SmackDown B minus. Yeah. Yep. C. Uh, I'll say a solid C. I'll say C and B minus. Yeah, B minus. Yeah. Um. All right. Real quick, let's do real quick. Let's do predictions for Elimination Chamber because I mean for Extreme Rules because we only have a few minutes left. I'm gonna get through these brackets. Um. All right. Rose, Raw C minus, SmackDown B minus, Alonzo B plus, and B minus. Um, all right, what you got for Revival and Usos? Revival. Revival, Revival. Um, Revival. Yeah. Strowman and Lashley. Oh, no. They should give it to Lashley, but they're going to have Strowman win. I'll say Strowman. All right, Ricochet Styles. <laughs> Ricochet might leave. I guess the Styles can he probably just keep pushing his skin. Yeah, to probably uh, 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 keep it going. Uh, Black and Cesaro. Oh, well, Black's come back from the dead. Uh, yeah, Black. because uh, he has he's been injured. Yep. You know, he's coming back. We can't have Black return this to lose. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the New Day versus Heavy Machinery. Oh, man. Um, Daniel Bryan. Keep it on Bryan and Rowan. Uh, Yeah, they'll probably keep it on them. But I would like to see New Day and Kofi have it all. All the titles. Heavy Machinery. Gulak and Nice. Oh, they wrestling in the game? Oh, Gulak. Um, let's yeah. keep it on Gulak. Keep the season. Bailey versus uh, Bliss and Cross. Can I say that again? Bailey versus Bliss and Cross. Oh, Bailey. I mean, Bliss is going to say yep. she's getting back. Cross. Kofi and yeah. uh, Samoa Joe. <laughs> Joe's a little engine that could. Joe's Kofi wins. Joe keeps yeah, say Kofi. AJ Styles yep. to keep losing the Kofi. Um, let's do Seth and Becky against Baron and Lacey. I forgot. There's one more match. Uh, oh, Seth. Gosh. Seth, Seth and Becky. The man's yeah, name. And then uh, Taker and Rowan. Uh, Taker and Reigns versus Shane and Drew. You shouldn't have to ask that. You know, any match for Taker, he's going over. It's going to be a squash. We'll take her. Yeah. Rain's gonna take much of the heat, and take Taker's gonna save the day, and then happy days are here again, which makes no sense because why is Undertaker helping out Roman Reigns? <laughs> it's like Steve Steven kicking out of the thing. It makes no sense. <laughs> but 
Hey, he got to protect yeah. Roman, right? Just the way, just the way to bring him in. Yeah. All right, real quick, guys. Uh, just give me your thoughts. I'll just take the first few because we only have a few minutes left. Uh, Rey Mysterio versus Andre the Giant, greatest one-time WWE Andre. champion. Rey Mysterio versus Andre the Giant. Andre. What you got? What you got? What you got, guys? We got a few minutes left to do these. First few I'll see. Rey Mysterio versus Andre the Giant. Alright, Andre, I see Andre. Alright, Kane versus um, Stan Stasiak. And this isn't who would win the match, it's who's the better one time champion. Kane versus Stan Stasiak. You got what you got, Kane stains. What you got, guys? All right, I see Kane. All right, next is Ivan Koloff versus RVD. Ivan Koloff versus RVD. Oh, Ivan. Ivan Koloff, RVD. All right, I'm seeing Ivan. A little split. I'm seeing more RVD. Alright. Ooh, a split. Ooh. Alright, next one. Who you got? Next one, next one, next one. What you guys got? Alright. Uh, one, two, three, four. What y'all got? I see a split. The next one I see is uh Alright, Ivan. Ivan again. Alright. Ivan wins. Alright. Um, Buddy Rogers versus Jeff Hardy. Buddy Rogers versus Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Check out. Check out. Buddy Rogers versus Jeff Hardy. Alright, I see Jeff Hardy. Um, Vince McMahon versus the Iron Sheik. Vince McMahon versus the Iron Sheik. Vince McMahon versus the Iron Sheik. What you guys got? Vince or Iron Sheik? What you guys got? Iron Sheik, Iron Sheik. Alright. Iron Sheik. All right, and last one for the play-in is Bray Wyatt versus Psycho Sid. Bray Wyatt versus Psycho Sid. Bray Wyatt versus Psycho Sid. What you guys got? What you guys got? Bray Wyatt and Psycho Sid. All right, I see Sid. I see Sid. Sid, Sid, Bray, Sid. Okay, Sid. Sid gets the win. All right, we got the play-ins. Uh, we got the official bracket for next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fun and eventful episode. Big shout out to PCO. 
Thank you so much for everybody. It's been fun, fun, fun show. Ladies and gentlemen, 380 episodes in the books. Thank you so much, PNP Nation, for staying up with us overtime for tonight. On behalf of Evertech Prout, I am Chris Featherstone for 380 episodes. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless and always remember. Have a good night, everybody. God bless. Good night, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.